Psalm 49, for the chief musician, a psalm by the sons of Korah. Hear this, all you people. Listen, you inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth will speak words of wisdom. My heart will utter understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will solve my riddle on my harp. Why should I fear in days of evil when iniquity at my heels surrounds me? Those who trust in wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their life is costly. No payment is ever enough that he should live on forever, that he should not see corruption. For he sees that wise men die. Likewise, the fool and the senseless perish and leave their wealth to others. Their inward thought is that their houses will endure forever and their dwelling places to all generations, their name, their lands after themselves. But man, despite his riches, doesn't endure. He's like the animals that perish. This is the destiny of those who are foolish and of those who approve their sailings. Sailor. They are appointed as a flock for Sheol. Death shall be their shepherd. The upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. Their beauty shall decay in Sheol, far from their mansion. But God will redeem my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. Selah. Don't be afraid when a man is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dies, he will carry nothing away. His glory won't descend after him. Though while he lived, he blessed his soul, and men praise you when you do well for yourself, he shall go to the generation of his fathers. They shall never see the light. A man who has riches without understanding is like the animals that perish. So this is another one of the Psalms of the Sons of Korah, and it's what they call a didactic psalm. And that basically means it's a psalm that teaches you something. Now, they all teach you something, so that's, it's not like it's, it's any different to the rest. <laughs> But it's like, a, it's like specifically written in the form of like a lesson, like a teacher. You know, they, they call it a theory of teaching, you know, didactic theory or something like that. So this is a psalm that's kind of written like a lesson. It starts out by saying, listen, all you people, you inhabitants of the earth, you know, pay attention to the thing I'm about to tell you. So you can see it's set out like a lesson gets to verse 4, it says, I will solve a riddle on my harp. So this psalm introduces the idea of there's something mysterious, something a little bit like a riddle, that's going to be explained. It explains that things are back to front to how you think. It explains that by seeking advancement or trying to get ahead in life, you're going to get nothing. But by seeking God, you're going to advance. Now this is what and as we go through the psalm, that's what it says. This is what Jesus said. He said, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Where do you think Jesus learned these things from? Well, he learned them from reading the scriptures and the Holy Spirit helped him to understand these things. Jesus was in tune with the Lord, and um, but he also read the scriptures. And, and as he read them, he understood. Whereas you and I, we often read and don't understand because we're not that much in tune with the Lord. But here we've got Psalm 49 explaining, you know, that everything's back to front to how we think. 
and explaining that when you seek after wealth and riches and you make that your priority, you end up with nothing. In verse 7, it says that no one can redeem his brother, nor can God, nor can give to God a ransom for him. And so it goes on to talk about things that money cannot do. Money cannot buy you health or happiness or long life. It cannot redeem your soul. Um, that all men die, the rich die, the poor die, the, the healthy die, the sick die, the wise die and the foolish die. They all die and they all leave what they have to someone else. Seeking after money can't do it. <laughs> you know, trying to be first in life is not going to get you first. So in the world right now, we've got these you know famous people, highly wealthy individuals, people like Elon Musk. Elon Musk seems so powerful and important now, um, right now. You know, he's in the news, and if he says anything, people pay attention, and you know, he can just decide to do stuff, and uh, because he's got the money behind him. But um, you know, you go back twenty years. Can you remember who was the most wealthy, influential person twenty years ago? Well, maybe some of the older people can, but for the for the average younger person, they've got no idea, and who cares? A hundred years ago, who was the wealthiest person in the world? You know, we might know one or two wealthy people from back then, like Rockefeller, maybe. But really, who cares? You go back three, four hundred years. Who was the wealthiest person in the world? Got no idea. And so. People may seem wealthy, significant, important now, but in the end it doesn't mean anything. It won't be any amount of time at all and they're forgotten. But it says in verse 15, but God can redeem my soul from the power of Sheol. He will receive me. And then it says sailor. In other words, think about that. You know, people are chasing the almighty dollar. They're chasing a powerful career. They're chasing a position of influence. They're chasing prestige. They want people to like them, to look after them. Um, but it all means nothing. And this psalm tells us that it can't redeem you, but it says, but God can redeem you. Think about that. So money is nothing, fame is nothing, legacy is not enduring, and life is only temporary. Only one thing remains, uh, and it's the Lord. When you get into the New Testament, you've got these different groups of people. You've got the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Essenes, the Zealots, and some others. And the Sadducees was one of the major groups. They were the group that controlled the temple. They didn't believe that there was any resurrection. And there's some interesting things Jesus had to say about that. But, but I can tell you what, they didn't get it from the Old Testament because right here in verse 15, it says, God will redeem my soul from the power of Sheol. Now, Sheol is death or Sheol is the grave. God will redeem my soul from the grave. Well, that's a resurrection right here. So the Sadducees just didn't see it, but it was in the Bible all along. So verse 16, it says, don't be afraid when a man is rich or when the glory of his house increases. So if there's someone in your life that's influential and powerful, um, this psalm's telling you, don't look at them worried about what they will do. Keep your eyes on Christ. Be concerned with what he wants you to do. We had a, a relative, um, a semi-distant relative who um, was the uh, executor of a will and they were supposed to share this will, and um, but they didn't. And uh, at the time, I remembered thinking, this isn't anyone in our immediate family, so all the people that you know of, you can think well of. <laughs> but I remembered at the time thinking, should we 
complain about this because there's some you know financial income that was deserved that wasn't coming and we prayed about it my wife and I and immediately a verse came to mind from Luke chapter 12 and it was was the words of Jesus Christ it says life does not consist in the accumulation of possessions in other words the meaning of life is not to try to just accumulate things the meaning of life is not to try to get more stuff And when I heard that, (laughs) my wife and I, we just agreed, just let it go. Yeah, there's an inheritance there. We should, it should be shared between the relatives. This person isn't sharing. We're not the only ones missing out. Other relatives are missing out too. If they want to fight and complain, they can, but we're just going to let it go. And we did. And it says in verse 17, for when he dies, you know, when that rich person dies, he will get nothing. He will carry nothing with him and his glory will not follow him. And um, so I I personally don't, um, I, I like all people, I'm interested in money, but I'm not interested in money to have it. I'm interested in, in, in having my bills paid and my family cared for. And beyond that, I'm content. And, um, and they do say that about money. They say that a certain amount of money will make you happy, but beyond that, it doesn't add to your happiness at all. If you're someone that thinks the more money you've got, the happier you you will be, then you're hugely mistaken. There are a lot of rich people that are very unhappy. In fact, sometimes the more wealth you've got, the sadder you get or the more worried you you get because you've got to, to look after all this money and you also start losing friends or you start to doubt the sincerity of your friends when you've got more money. I have a, a friend who's a very wealthy friend, owns um, you know 40 or $50 million of assets and he shared with me that he didn't know who he could trust <laughs> because everyone around him just thinks, you've got so much money that you should be generous with me. Or, you know, when they put in a bill into his company, they think they can just put the bill up and make it be a big one, all this type of stuff. So he doesn't know who, who which friends of his are sincere. And I decided years ago when I was younger that I would be a completely sincere friend It would have nothing to do with the money. <laughs> and so as a result, he's always trusted me. And in fact, a few times I've had to give him invoices from my own web hosting company and I've discounted my invoices <laughs> just because I want him to know I like him. And yeah, I'm going to charge him for my work, but I'm going to discount it, give him a deal. And do you know how many people give him a deal? Not that many. <laughs> so he likes me a lot. So we're genuine friends and that's very, very nice and I'm grateful for that. And, and there's something wonderful about being the genuine friend of a wealthy person because they take you into their confidence and they tell you things that you wouldn't hear if they didn't trust you and you learn things. And so being a sincere person, not greedy, for gain, um, true friendship is a wealth of its own. And um, so I, and so anyway, the research bears out the fact that up to a certain amount of wealth, and I think they said it was about $70,000, does increase your happiness. And the reason for that is that most people have got bills and debts and mortgages. And if they can't meet their basic needs, this is in a Western culture where, you know, life is expensive to live in a Western culture. If you've got all your debts paid for, then you're able to relax a bit. So you're a little bit happier. But beyond that, having more money makes absolutely no difference. And this psalm tells us it exactly. It says, when he dies, he will carry nothing with him. His glory will not follow him. So 
in the end, there's one thing that will, will, will get you ahead, and it's by laying down your life to say, Lord, here I am. What do you want from me? And that's the lesson of this teaching psalm, <laughs> the psalm that's written to teach you a lesson. It starts out by saying, you know, I'm going to unfold a riddle on my harp. I'm going to teach you a lesson. Listen, all you people, you're not going to get ahead by chasing money. It won't get you anything. But chase the Lord and there's something in that for you. Lord, thank you for this psalm, Psalm 49, the teaching psalm. I pray the lesson would be learned today into every heart. In Jesus' name, amen.